0: That indeed we do if you are a veteran. We'd love for you to come out and join us as we broadcast live at Scramblers. The Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing will be a special Friday Road Show where veterans get free breakfast That thanks to Scramblers, of course. Air services, heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical, delta roofing, and Serenity Honors. And that will be on Friday. So uh, we'd love for you to come out, join us. And uh, it's something we do every once in a while with our friends, our partners. I know many of you are accustomed to it. But hopefully, on every day, every day, we hope that that one of you, at least one of you, is listening for the very first time to the station, to the show. And that means, of course, you don't know of such things, or events that we do every so often. And one of them is that Veterans Breakfast, just uh, an excuse for us to get together and buy breakfast i suppose for veterans and an excuse for them to get together that, that's actually the best part of it I, I think of course free breakfast is fantastic but uh, it's always a more bustling friday and uh, it's for some uh it's a monthly event not so much about free breakfast but uh about the camaraderie and and the community if you will and we really love that which incidentally you know, yesterday um those of you that were listening in the eight o'clock hour James Clary was in for me. So Sarah and I could head over to the ceremony in which officer, former officer, retired officer, retired Springfield officer, I should say, uh, Mark Preby and his family received not the keys to the new home, uh, which once upon a time was done, but the iPad. It's a smart home and locks and windows and everything else under the sun is done smartly if you will electronically and there was a a, a ceremony and there were uh you know quite a a few people that were out there a number of people spoke uh there was um uh you know of course it was just it was a great presentation but it really began with a um Law enforcement leading the Preby family uh, to the home. They had actually, for the first time, ha- had seen the inside of the home the the day prior. And that was done for the purposes of um, videoing their reaction that they showed to everyone. Um, this is the Gary Sinise Foundation responsible for this. He had a videotape message. He oftentimes, they said, uh, he, he rarely any longer attends these events because of his level of fame it to him seemed as if oftentimes he was more of the attraction instead of the event himself and so uh, while he is in contact with the families and and uh, talks with the families when these uh, these occurrences take place these homes are built Uh, He tends to, on the day of the event, not be there for that purpose because he wants it to be about the family. But he did send a a message and uh, it was sitting there as you you watch people, uh, many of which did not know one another. Many of the people that were at the event were people that were involved in. The building of the new home in some capacity or another, a majority of these individuals perhaps, of course, knew of Mark Preby because of what had happened, but they didn't know him personally. And as I, I sit there and you re- realize, recognize, you have people of all walks of life coming together and you see where people spent time and resources helping for what purpose? Just to help to help a fellow human being and a tremendous amount of time a tremendous amount of effort that some people put into this all just to help just to do something good humanity and i looked around and i i and, and you see the results of something like that and and I would argue that the results were well. There were there were a couple of meaningful results. Of course, the home itself and the idea behind the home is that Mark Preby could utilize his home uh, with the same convenience as people who were not confined or are not confined to a wheelchair, um, just spacing wise and uh, you know. Simple things that you and I might not think about, the ability to roll under a sink uh, so that you can get right up to the sink, having a microwave down uh, much lower so it can be accessible, Uh, all all of these things. And, um, And so they're obviously that meaningful result. But at the same time, just the humanity that people feel, that is a good thing. I think it's a healthy thing for people physically. It's clearly healthy psychologically. Healthy emotionally in a time when we seem to really grapple with mental health, mental health, mental health. Uh, it is clear that these events, people that uh, you know are involved, that are are you know spending their time and efforts helping another person just because it's a good thing to do and a right thing to do, and, and it's it's a positive thing. It's a positive experience, and for a community, it's healthy. And. I was thinking about that as as I'm sitting there, and then I think about all the organizations that are out there, that you have corporations oftentimes trip over each other to be associated with, and the difference in the humanitarian experience, an event like yesterday with the Preby family was one in which everyone felt love, everyone felt good. People felt positive. You went in there feeling positive, but it was almost impossible to leave and not feel even more uplifted. You felt good about life. You felt good about your fellow man while obviously we recognize that there are a lot of things going on in the world where we are seeing the worst of man, the worst of mankind. Uh, we are at the same time at an event like that. You leave and you realize, wait, the world isn't all bad. It's good. There are wonderful, positive people out there. And I thought about the difference between that and some efforts and organizations in which people are, the, the whole purpose is to make people mad and angry and they, they, and they leave feeling more angry at their fellow man than they did before they even arrived at the event and in the end, the results—that—that's the results that get provided uh, by some of the more high-profile organizations and efforts in this country today. That again get backed by multi-million-dollar corporations that send out press releases. We just made a huge donation to this organization, all to do good. But then you look at the results, and and on an individual basis alone, the negativity, the darkness, the anger that it fosters and it's just such a stark difference and and when you you stand back and you observe the two approaches to life and humanity and and what really is a beneficial organization if you are a corporation and and incidentally the gary Sinise foundation not only national uh, corporations businesses that were instrumental in the building of the Preby home as well as so many others but local companies and businesses as well But to see the almost braggadocious nature of corporations that want to associate with organizations that do nothing but whatever their intent is, produced angry people who end up seeing fellow human beings, not looking for the good, not recognizing the good, not you know, we're not talking about being naive and thinking everyone is wonderful, but but noticing and recognizing that in most human beings, there is that good quality. Instead, you go out and you, 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 you just think the worst of people. And if something doesn't go your way, your default is, well, they're attacking me because I'm this and so forth. And what a horrific use of human beings' time and money and resources. And you think of all the money all of the promoting, all of the efforts, whether it's massive checks or painting sidewalks or or putting up uh, flags, donning the names of organizations and classrooms, if all of that effort actually went into organizations that resulted in really truly helping people, events Like the Gary, or organizations like the the Gary Sinise Foundation and the RISE program. Events that result in what we saw yesterday and a home for a family that in so, probably even most instances, would be a family broken apart from one another, but instead the rallying of a community. And it's just such a shameful use of resources that there are those opportunities that we saw yesterday for good, for good to be done. And so many instead choose to go the dark route that is all about dividing people into this group and that group and declaring us victims because you're the bad guys. Nothing positive comes out of that and you really, you know it intellectually, but when you're in the midst of people collectively coming together for something that is actually good and positive, it really, really brings into focus the stark contrast between people helping people for something that truly is good and positive versus those who masquerade as doing so, but the results are anything but. Springfield's Talk 104.1 latest news update. From Color 10 News, I'm Jesse Inman. A bench trial will be held today for a man accused of flashing people on the Galloway Trail. 30-year-old Joseph Cowan was charged after police say he exposed himself to three different women on the Galloway Creek Trail in southwest Springfield off of Lone Pine Avenue. According to court documents, Cowan is homeless and has an assault charge from earlier this year, as well as another incident where he was found passed out near a preschool with his pants undone. Cowan could face a possible sentence of up to six months in jail if found guilty. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has received a list of candidates to fill an empty seat on the state's Supreme Court. Justice Patricia Breckenridge retired this month. The Appellate Judicial Commission nominated judges Michael Gardner, Ginger Gooch, and John Turbitsky. Gooch is an appeals court judge in Springfield, and the other two are from St. Louis. From Color 10 News, I'm Jesse Inman. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks. Home improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. 50% chance of rain throughout the day, otherwise mostly cloudy, high near 76. Scattered showers low around 64 overnight tonight. Uh, Most likely we will see some showers tomorrow. Bit cooler, 72 for a high and warmer on Friday, 77 with a 60% chance of morning showers, then partly sunny. Traffic update now coming up. Polls show Trump beating Biden in battleground states. This is beyond the national polls. This is what does this state show, and this state show, and this state show, and it shows if the elections were held today. The man that we have all been told is the one person that could not beat Donald Trump or could not rather beat Joe Biden is apparently the one man who can beat Joe Biden. (laughs) before we get to these poll numbers that show in the battleground states, Donald Trump beating Joe Biden, things clearly are not getting better for him. And I I just outside of, again, imprisoning political opposition, which is what Democrats have turned to in this country or an attempt to do so. um, I, I think they are even beginning to recognize that they cannot cling to power with their results because the results have been horrific. Before we get to that, Republicans exude optimism as fourth speaker candidate heads to the House floor. Uh, you know, I, on what it is it, this? Yeah, you know, I've got a bit of a, I suppose, different perspective on all of this mess than a lot of people do, and it might seem within itself contradictory. I, I, I don't know, but uh, on one hand, I reject this hysteria that's presented as if, almost the establishment presenting this idea that everything has been wonderful in Washington until this has happened. This is the thing that we need to all worry about. This is the This is the worst that things have ever been because of this speaker fight. And that's the way some of them act. Of all of the crap going on in this country, and that we have been through, and of all of the things that have occurred, even in that governing body that has seemed to be lacking any sort of of uh, concern uh, by some of these same members, yet all of a sudden, this is the thing that they are presenting as top of the list in terms of embarrassments and uh, to me it's i mean no it's not it is not convenient it could potentially be detrimental particularly giving given rather everything that's going on in the world right now and our involvement in the world and the fact that militarily whether we want to admit it or not we are engaged in war with Iran. I mean, this is happening. We'll get to some of this uh, coming up in a moment, how far that'll go. And we don't know. And the fact that really without any sort of strong leadership voice in the house, it leaves Biden running things, which ultimately he's going to anyhow. But I, So there are clearly a lot of reasons that it is not positive. I also reject this notion that this is all completely the fault of Matt Gates and, and that crew, and the, that's who they want to continue to point to. Uh, you can argue as to whether or not it was the right time or the right way to go about it, but this you know, ultimately the motivation is a genuine motivation, and that is you know, once again the American people are told, and Republican voters are told by Republicans, we're going to do things one way, and then they don't, and they get in there. And I understand also the people who have said, well, if Matt Gates did not have a plan in place, then they should not have done this. Well, isn't that kind of what the establishment relies on? What, I, I, I've, I've just thought about this over and over, and I, I can't say for sure that this was the absolute right thing to do. Sometimes you don't know, but but sometimes I think you can argue that you really don't have a choice unless you just want to surrender and give up and say this is the way that it's going to always be. If the only way that Matt Gates and the other handful of Republicans could have held the Republican Party accountable was to have some other speaker in place or some other candidate in place that everyone was going to rally around and support that would abide by or would fulfill the promises they made. I think we can all agree that was never going to happen. I mean, that, that, that's an insane scenario. The I understand the concept of you should have had a plan in place. But what plan could he have had in place that would have worked? So, of course, the response to that is, well, then he shouldn't have done anything. But I, the position that Matt Gates and I would argue you know, the other Republicans were in is that's what the establishment always relies on. Well, you won't do anything because there's nothing you can do. And I can tell you as a a voter, as uh, someone who looks for at least one political party to, when they are in charge, to do the things that they say they're going to do that are positive, cut spending, for example, and just actually – Uh, Look at the spending and vote on things separately instead of these, you know, the constant kicking the can down the road, the continuing resolutions, the massive omnibus spending bills, uh, you know, instead of doing it that way, which we're told, yep put us in charge we won't do it that way any longer that's one of the things mccarthy said and while some republicans and i understand this as well congressman burleson was one of them had noted that you know that he he still had the opportunity to fulfill that promise and and for congressman burleson it was waiting to see if he did that before taking this step gates decided to take the step early and i can totally 100% understand a disagreement over that strategically speaking but if, this, if the strategic approach that establishment or that critics have put forth should have simply been, well, he should have had a, a plan in place that would have just automatically ushered in a brand new speaker, That, that of course that's never going to happen. And if we are then to say, well, then you should do nothing at all, that's what the establishment relies on. The knowledge that We can say whatever we want. We can tell the voters we're going to do something, not do it, because there's nothing you can do about it. And though I don't know inside the mind of the Republicans that did pull the trigger on this, if it were me, it would have been, you know what? Yes, I can. And this is it. And it may be awful and it may be messy, but we're tired of being held hostage by this concept that we can't do anything about it. And so... My point ultimately is that it's the Republican Party that ultimately is responsible for everything that's going on. There was a question asked um, whether all of this going on, if I, I believe that this was the Republican Party dead or dying, that's a really good question. I believe that it has been slowly for some time amongst voters that want the things that the Republican Party platform professes to be about, and that is limited, smaller government and cutting of spending. Uh, Trump gave that life, but the establishment, we see how they have dealt with that, and the trying to almost relabel what Republican conservative is, I mean, they have always tried to paint Trump as being, you know, well, he's not a real Republican. The results in terms of implementation of Republican values that the Republican Party says it stands for, Trump did more of that than any president I've ever had the ability to vote for. And what happens when Trump is gone? And I guess this is what we're going to be dealing with. Are we going to go to back to the days where the Republicans serve up Mitt Romney's and John McCain's telling us that's the direction that we need to go? Or will the voters define the direction of the Republican Party? And I think that's what's going to make the difference. All right, coming up, we've got polls show that Trump beating Biden in battleground states. And I also want to talk about in this context. Uh, these bombshell report. Oh, Mark Meadows. I think it was uh, ABC has this report that Mark Meadows has turned on Trump. One of his most trusted advisors, and he, according to sources, anonymous sources, telling ABC News that Mark Meadows said, yes, we all knew all along that it was the most secure election we've ever seen. Catherine Herridge has posted on social media that, uh, a comment from Mark Meadows' attorney who has saying, this is not true. Not only that, we told CBS that these things were not true, or sorry, ABC News, that these things were not true and they decided to print it anyway. Well of course they did. Because the point, the purpose of these national media outlets is not to put out accurate and true information. It is to put out information that is harmful to Donald Trump and Trump voters. Heroes Breakfast coming up Friday. And that means if you are a veteran, you're going to get free breakfast at Scramblers as we broadcast live. That thanks to Delta Roofing, Serenity Honors, and all services, heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. Also Friday. You can get a $50 gift card for $25. Fun Mountain at Big Cedar Lodge. You And you don't have to be staying, this is a common question, at Big Cedar Lodge in order to go to the Fun Mountain component to it. In fact, I've been to Fun Mountain a couple of times myself, not staying at Big Cedar Lodge. So a $50 gift card for $25 at ksgf.com. And that is Friday at 10 a.m. And while you're there, you can sign up for Godfather's Pizza Night with KSGF. First alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49. Meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. A 50% chance of rain throughout the day today. Otherwise, clouds high near 76. Scattered showers, 64 for an overnight load tonight. 90% chance of showers. With a high of 72 tomorrow and a 60% chance of Friday morning showers, then partly sunny with a high near 77. I oftentimes, while well, I tell you my own experience, Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, and the experience of others as home buyers and sellers, but what about lenders? I had the pleasure of working with Emily Johnson on a transaction. I was the lender working with the buyers, and Emily was the trusted professional that represented them. Emily was prompt, great to communicate with, and overall pleasure a pleasure to work with. She made it a great experience for all parties involved. If looking for a wonderful agent to buy or sell with, I would highly recommend her. And that's wise if you are a lender because oftentimes it's just, you know, a crapshoot. And you have somebody that comes to you in order to take out a home loan, but they don't even have a realtor yet. And, you know, when the time comes, you're just hoping that this isn't going to be one of those nightmare experiences that make your job more difficult. And with Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, as you heard there from that lender, absolute dream. Something to keep in mind. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Polls show Trump beating Biden in battleground states. J.T. Young writing in The Federalist that looking to the 2024 presidential race, Donald Trump is ahead when it counts in electoral votes. While national polls show a dead heat, they do not tell the whole story. If the battleground states break the way current polling shows, Trump has the chance to break his electoral vote margin of victory over Hillary Clinton in 2016. Did you hear that? It's interesting because people who are anti-Trump in the Republican camp, they love to note that, well, he loses. He can't win. He already lost. They fail to mention that, well, yes, but he also has won. And what the numbers are showing right now, a year out, that if the battleground states break the way that the current polling is indicating, He has the chance to break the margin in order to beat Joe Biden electorally by a greater margin than Trump beat Hillary Clinton. And all of this could occur regardless of how the popular vote plays out next November and despite the numerous well-publicized criminal and civil indictments against him. On October 19th, Bloomberg Morning Consult released a series of polls in seven battleground states Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Although his lead is within the poll's margin of errors, Trump leads in five of the seven states. In the other two, he's tied. That would be Michigan, or he's tied in Michigan and trails by only three percentage points in Nevada. To put this into 2024 context, Trump lost six of these states in 2020, winning only North Carolina. So, in other words, all of these states that he lost in before, quote, lost in, he's winning now. While Bloomberg Morning Consult did not release a national poll, Real Clear Politics, October 19 average of national polling showed Biden and Trump tied at 43.9% apiece. When is a tie? a loss in a presidential election when it occurs in the popular vote but not in the electoral college vote that is because the electoral vote determines the winner the popular is just for show now this is of course something that the hillary clinton folks still point to in order to try and delegitimize trump's first term is that well he he didn't win the popular vote so it doesn't count think it can't happen again Well, it already did in 2016. Of course, Trump lost the popular vote to Hillary by 2.1 percentage points, but he beat her 306 to 232 where it counted. Wondering whether this can happen again. If the Bloomberg Morning Consult numbers are accurate, it is well on its way. Of the seven battleground states they just polled, Trump won all of them but Nevada in 2016. Starting from the 2020 electoral vote outcome that Trump lost to Biden, 232 to 306, here's a breakdown of the 2024 electoral college math and what the seven battleground state polls tell us. Trump automatically picks up three electoral votes from his 2020 total due to reapportionment from the last census. So just holding his 2020 states, Trump now trails by 235 to 306. Next, add in the states that he lost in 2020, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, where Bloomberg morning consult polls show him currently leading. Together, they account for 56 electoral votes. Add those 56 electoral votes to the Trump column and subtract them from the Biden column, and you get Trump winning 291 to 247 even if he wound up losing Michigan, where he is tied, and lost Nevada, where he trails by three percentage points. Because the magic number of electoral votes needed to win the White House is only 271, Trump would not need to win all four of the battleground states, where he now leads. Trump could get to 270 by just winning Pennsylvania and Georgia. Under any scenario, he could break 270 by winning just three of the four, again assuming he still loses Michigan and Nevada. What do 2016 and 2020 tell us? Democrats need to win by more than 2.1%, with which Clinton lost, and up to 4.4%, with which Biden won. Take that midpoint, you get 3.25 as a rough minimum of popular vote cushion that a Democrat running against Trump needs to win the electoral vote. Of course, that's just a rough assumption. Remember that Biden's four percentage point margin still only amounted to squeaker 2020 wins in six of those seven battleground states, which proved pivotal in his victory. And I I know that these numbers get confusing, particularly if you're hearing instead of looking at charts and graphs and so forth. But the point that they're making here is how does uh, how does the national vote polling translate to a win versus a loss because as is noted in 2016 and it wasn't the first time the person winning the popular vote did not win the electoral vote as it was specifically designed and so there is an attempt to in addition to breaking down the electoral state by state showing how how a national number translates into that so then comes the evaluation where does biden needed boost in the polls come from So, like, what what does he have to do? Foreign policy. They note it's hard to see his record improving so dramatically that it helps him in his domestic poll numbers. Economy has uh, had only mediocre real growth for most of his presidency, while inflation has raged, of course. The border crisis. A crisis of his own making. So, fixing the mess, which he recently announced 20 miles of new wall will hardly do. He made hardly... Uh, equates to a victory, urban chaos, hard to imagine getting better without tough policing reforms, reforms that Biden's left flank opposes. So do not expect a change here because Biden desperately needs his left in 2024. And they note, of course, Trump could make his own mistakes that will help Biden. Yet the converse also holds Biden is more than capable of making things worse for himself over the next year. Of course, in the words of Obama, never underestimate the ability of Joe to F things up. We'll get this posted so you can read through it. But ultimately, the point is here, not that this means Trump is going to win. And of course, we all know the nature of some of these states with Democrat secretary of states or attorney generals that ignored the election laws and allowed votes to be counted that were not legally able to be counted. And of course, that could very well happen again. But at the same time, he is polling better than he was against Biden the first time around and he's polling better in the places where it really truly counts, which of course is all the more reason that they are doing everything they can in order to prevent him from winning by rigging the election through all of these different trials that they are are dragging him through and of course it's three or fourfold. one it is to every time he's got to be in court then he's not on the campaign trail it of course at the same time is a distraction anytime you are having conversations or meetings with your attorneys you're not meeting with your campaign people and strategizing uh it is a financial drain obviously money that can be used on the campaign trail you have to use in order to fend off uh, your political enemies, which are in positions of legal power. And there is the perception issue, which thus far has not only not hurt Trump, but appears to be helping Trump. Now, that being said, we're going to get into the latest with Georgia and the new bombshell, the new the walls are closing in. You are going to have a walls are closing in daily calendar, 365 days every day, someone else declaring with Trump. From his campaign against Hillary Clinton all the way through today, where they have declared that the walls are closing in. And once again, with Mark Meadows, his most trusted trusted advisor, who apparently is now telling prosecutors that, oh yes, we all knew. Not only was the election uh, completely accurate, but it was the most fair election, the most secure election we've had in the history of this country. This is what Mark Meadows is apparently telling people. That is, of course, contrary to what Mark Meadows own attorney is saying. But why let those facts get in the way that Sarah Myers, everyone.
1: Thank you. I wanted to read a review for the Pyramid Roofing Company this morning. I'm gonna. Read it, girl. Read it, sister. I'm gonna. Brett wrote We chose Pyramid Roofing for our roof and gutter repair, and we couldn't be happier with the results. Pyramid was by far the most thorough when it came to the initial estimate. They spent over an hour inspecting all aspects of the problem area and coming up with the best solution for the repair. Both the gutter and roof repair crews were punctual, friendly, and very professional in their workmanship. After the job was completed, they even lowered the final invoice from the originally estimated amount when it was found that the repair was slightly less in scope than originally anticipated. Thanks so much to Josh and the rest of his team over at Pyramid, I highly recommend. So there you have it. And right now is a good time to call the Pyramid Roofing Company to get that uh, fall roof repair done. Make sure that your roof is ready as we move into those colder uh, months. And if you are in one of those situations situations where you need a whole new roof or maybe even just a simple roof repair, whatever the situation is, the Pyramid Roofing Company, they have got you covered. Now you can find all of the contact information for Josh and his team over at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab.
0: Regarding the elections on the American Transmissions talk and text line, what difference do the polls make? Trump won in 2021. The Dems will just cheat again to put whomever they want in the White House. Uh, That is a valid concern without question, this is the rock in a hard place that many Americans, in which they find themselves, the recognition that Democrats, and this isn't anything new, they've been doing it for a very, very, very long time, cheating when it comes to elections and changing the rules to make it easier to cheat. And that isn't to say that there's never been a Republican that has tried to do it. But when we're talking about actual election outcomes, you know, it's funny that after, I believe it was 2000, there was the bipartisan effort commissioned in order to uh, evaluate elections and the vulnerabilities in American elections. And Jimmy Carter was on, you know, he spearheaded it with former uh, Secretary of State James Baker, Republican Democrat. And where they found the most significant vulnerabilities in which there's no way that you can guarantee honest and fair elections is when you're talking about mail-in ballots and, and the ease of of uh, absenteeism, which has just been turned into early voting and so forth. And it's almost as if, well, that that project that was done in which they found a bipartisan manner. The areas in which we would be and are most vulnerable, instead of the Democrats looking at that and going, oh, that's not good, they said, let's do more of that, because that's exactly what's happened. Instead of taking that as a warning, they took it as a playbook. The areas in which it was found would lead to the greater ability to commit voter fraud are the things amazingly that Democrats push for now? So what was supposed to be a playbook on how to prevent the potential of voter fraud has been used by Democrats in order to advance it. Now the rock in a hard place that many Americans find themselves in is they they see this reality and they say what's the point and the. the difficulty in that recognition and that belief is that at the same time, that's exactly what Democrats in particular want you to do. Because really, what is even better for them than having to cheat is you just giving up. You know how much easier it is for them if they don't have to go through all this? They don't have to rig the laws, change the laws. They don't have to get people to go you know, Gather up ballots by the dozens or hundreds, and at two o'clock in the morning, go to eight different drop boxes in eight different counties, wearing gloves and hiding their faces, as we have seen in, in secure or in uh, the security video, which the is supposed to be there. We're told that all of it's monitored by surveillance to prevent those things from happening. But when they do happen and they are caught, we're told, well, that's no big deal. It's easier for them. If people who don't vote for them just give up, and don't go to the polls altogether. Uh, so it, it's a it's a difficult position to be in as a voter who just wants honest elections. We continue to see the focus shifts. You know, Florida case, New York case, Georgia case, and the news items, and this is all done for the purpose of the propaganda propaganda campaign against Trump and Trump voters, and that is, look at all these people turning on them. The walls are closing in. You have all of these people that were in Trump's circle pleading guilty, pleading guilty, pleading guilty, and they're all agreeing to testify on behalf of the prosecution. And now Mark Meadows, oh no. Mark Meadows, his most trusted advisor, The first red flag, according to this report that I saw, is that according to the sources, Mark Meadows claimed that they all knew, including Trump, I guess, that uh, these weren't just fair elections, but they were the most secure elections we've ever had in our life. Well, that's just stupid. If he did say something like that, to me, that is so ridiculously contrary to what everyone recognizes that it's almost done overboard in order to send a message that this is under distress, like a hostage when a hostage is made to give a hostage video talking about how well they're treated. And they say certain things that they know the family will know that they would never, ever, ever say in order to send the message that this is under distress. And none of this is what I actually mean. And none of it's the truth that, that if, if that part of the story is accurate, that is what it says to me. That being said, Katherine Harridge at CBS, who is one of the few that actually does journalistic work, about seven or eight hours ago posted on social media a quote from George uh, Terwilliger, Mark Meadows' attorney, to CBS News, responding to new reporting, ex-chief of staff granted immunity to tell special counsel he warned Trump about 2020 claims. The attorney said, quote, I told ABC that their story was largely inaccurate. People will have to judge for themselves the decision to run it anyway. Well, and they will. And this is why his, at historic levels, people do not trust the media because of stuff like this. So what we did did have, however, and this is the purpose 24 hours of news cycle that the walls are closing in and that yet another Trump ally is turning against him while his attorney saying, uh, no, that's not true. But the point of national media is not the truth. And I think that's something more and more. I know it's something more and more Americans are waking up to every day regarding claims, whether they supposedly came from Mark Meadows or others that we have heard. That the the 2020 elections were the most secure that we've ever had. Brett Sterling texting in, in 2020 we had a massive increase in rarely used voting methods, mass mail-in ballots, so forth, and a statistically lower error rate of rejected ballots than we've ever had. That is simply not possible. And that's what I mean when I say it is a ludicrous claim that the... 2020 elections were the most secure ever and that isn't a pro-Trump anti that that is that that's just sheer common sense when you throw into the mix a variation of formats that have never even been used before mail-in ballot harvesting drop boxes all over the place the idea that with less ballots being rejected, that that, that somehow uh, we had a more true, accurate count and more secure, le- it, it just defies all logic, all logic. But so much of what we're told today does defy logic.